Hello and welcome to the Helping Organisations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions and robust strategies to help their companies thrive in these challenging times. We will be interviewing business leaders, owners and experts in the field of business resilience. Welcome to Helping Organizations Thrive. Uh, today, I have uh, Alan Zabert. Uh, it's a real pleasure to have you on today, Alan. Welcome, Alan. Thank you very much for having me, sir. Yeah, no, it's great to, to have you on. I'm just going to let our audience and our listeners right now um, to know a little bit about you, and then I'll, we'll, we'll dive into some, some good conversation. Uh, so you're known as the, the Master of Emotional Relevance, um which we'll, we're going to explore about that i'm very interested by that uh, you're a business consultant and a people connoisseur and you are also a pe- uh, sort of public speaker as well so uh, you're you're very comfortable with this live situation which is brilliant since what i like and you've got a lovely you can see this if you're watching watch on the podcast listen on the podcast do have a look at the video you can see a lovely backdrop behind alan it's fantastic so i always ask my guests on the show as they come on uh, what do they love? What do you love about what you do? You know, I love uh, the, the one thing that really, really, really gets me, the passion, the true passion is making people feel, see, realize when I get people to feel. Okay. What, what do you mean by that? You know what? Let me show you what I mean by that. Let's say I'm trying to sell you something or we're trying to develop business development. Um, you know, you don't know me. We haven't spoken before. This is, we're just developing the relationship. And actually, let's take it to today. You and I, this is the first time we're actually speaking. You don't know me really. You read some things about me. I read some things about you. Let's uh, go to the what I call the trust meter. One to ten. Right, I'm trying to sell you something or build business development, uh, build business relationship with you. One to ten, how much do you trust me right now? I'd, I'd say I'll put a seven on that. Yeah, wow. Seven. Yeah. Seven is very <laughs> high to start with, but I'll roll with it. Okay. Now let me ask you, can I ask you a personal question, Julian? Of course you can. Yeah, go for it. Do um, you have kids? I've got four. Four, four kids? <laughs> no hair. It's all gone. <laughs> Boys, girls? All girls. Oh, come on. All girls? All girls. How old is the youngest? Uh, 12. Wow. Any sports with the kids? I mean, any of the girls is in, into any sports? Uh, triathlon. Really? Which one of them? Uh, well, my third youngest and my youngest now as well. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, which one of the of the of the events are they most you know they like the most the running the bikes the uh, swimming uh, i'd say i'd say my third one the young uh, the, uh, not my youngest my third youngest would be running she loves running now she's passionate about it like she practices or you need to push her yeah she practices yeah definitely so my, i have a i have a 14 year old daughter who plays volleyball right in the last eight months or so she's been practicing Oh my God, by herself. And I'm, you know, I always told my kids when they were little, you know, music and sports, music and sports, whatever you want, I'll go do other jobs. I'll drive Uber at night if I need to, but, you know, so yeah, that's pretty cool. Now, 
just the last two sentences when I reciprocated with my story and I got you to think about your daughter. Did you feel it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, no, because I, I, it's a personal thing to me. Yeah, definitely. Well, so, see, I'm getting the chills right now because let, let's think about what happened here for a second. First of all, under, you know, my methodology of emotional relevance, there are three pillars. Yeah. Right? Uh, stand out, make an impact, and get personal. And in a way, what I did now was all three, kind of touched all three, right? I stood out by asking you something personal, which usually when you speak in business world or corporate world, you're not mm -hmm. supposed to get personal. And this is going to be one of my first tips to leaders today, right? Okay. Don't be afraid to be personal because this is us as human. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, I also hopefully made an impact on you. See, what happens is emotional relevance is based on Uh, neuroscience, emotional intelligence, and psychology. Mm. And what happens is when we go through an emotional experience, Julian, we remember. It's engraved in our mind. If I ask mm. you where were you when the Twin Towers got hit, I guarantee you, you'll remember. Absolutely, yeah. And when I ask you that, I trigger you to relive that emotion, mm. okay. which, which embeds it even further. But if I ask you what you had for breakfast uh, three days ago, you probably have no idea, right? So what I did is I took you through a personal, emotional experience. It doesn't have to be any anything mm -hmm. tragic like the Twin Towers, right? No, no, sure. Now, here is the, the amazing thing. First of all, you felt it, which is amazing because you're sitting in one side of the world. I'm sitting in another side of the world. But we felt something. Mm. And when I noticed that you felt it, this is for me answering your question of what it is that I love. Now, when you translate it to business relationship, imagine mm. we started a business relationship and I asked you the same thing. Now, let's say you're interested in my product. There's a follow-up and we speak in another week and a half, right? Yeah. You bet your ass that in a week and a half, when I come back to the call, I am prepared with something about your 12-year-old daughter, my 14-year-old daughter, that will trigger that again, right? That emotional anchor that I placed when we first talked. So sure. it's us, the trust level now should be at around eight or nine from that seven. It's hard to get higher than that from a seven, but usually you start with a two or three when okay. you don't know the people, Yeah. right? So this is what I love the most. When I get, mm -hmm. when it's amazing, because when people feel Right? Now you got me all excited. Because when people feel, <laughs> Julian, they get it. Well, no, you're right. I mean, it, it, it's that emotion, isn't it? And that's that's how we connect is emotionally, not on a transactional, it's a relationship. It is an emotional thing. Now, how? just just on that, you, I mean, we, we, the great example, and I really liked it, and I felt it as well, which is really important, is how do we keep that in a way that is not done in a way with a purpose of selling or, or getting what I want or whatever, however you determine it, but genuinely being authentic. Because that to me is, is the difference of, you know, you know, I've been on, I used to be in sales myself, been on sales calls and you work on ways of engaging people, building trust rapport and everything else. But actually almost the end game is just to get a sale and, and, and it appear, people feel that as much as anything else was. So how do you make that 
connection and approach in a, in a context of an organization be personable, but it's really authentic and genuine as well? Yeah, that, that's a great question, right? That's the million dollar question. And I'll, I'll even make it more complicated um, <laughs> and, and ask you a question related to that same concept. When you volunteer or when you, you know, ask to help somebody or donate some money, um, there was some research about does it make you feel good mm. right, for doing it? Uh, and then you talk to somebody about it and you say, oh, yeah, I donated this money because it makes you feel good. Uh, or do you genuinely do it in order to help uh, the others? The bottom line is if both sides win, if both sides benefit from it, mm. then you know what? I will let it slide. However, what I do primarily, the consulting that I do in the help, I don't try to teach people how to sell, right? There's so many selling methodologies out there, training, and I've gone through at least four or five in my career. I'm sure you have gone through a few, you know, and they all talk about you got to be genuine. You, you know, don't compliment people uh, just for the sake of compliment. Listen, people are not stupid. People will see through it, mm. right? Um, the other thing is, of course, if you believe in what you're selling, if you're just there for the commission, then good luck. I mean, fine, but you'll find yourself, you know, selling mugs, you know, soon. If you're selling my primary um, customer, if you may, is mm. by definition somebody that sells something that is sophisticated, something that has a product and a service, Mm -hmm. and something that requires long-term relationship and something that requires or has a lot of potential for cross-selling and continuous selling. So it's not just net new, net new sales of, you know, three-week sales cycle and I'm done. Sure. Yeah. So how, how do you then translate that into, you know, a leader in an organization and, um, who's wants to, I guess, somehow inspire their teams or get their teams into a place of, um, I suppose, navigating through difficult times. Uh, how would you use this emotional relevance, this, this, which is really quite powerful stuff, you just demonstrated it, in that context uh, with the leader? How would they use it? Yeah. Well, I did a, I did a, one of my customers uh, came to me with one of the biggest challenges, especially in the virtual world, in the online world now, is mm. how do you overcome the fact that you cannot do small talks in the hallway anymore? How do you, you know, overcome all these things, um, the physical world? But what they wanted to focus on is their cross-divisional relationship within yeah. internally, not with their customers, but internally, internal customers. And one of the first things I did, Julian, when uh, one of the first sessions I did with them online, there were about 12 managers. And I asked, I took two of them and I said, you guys have been working together for a while. Yeah, we've been working together for about a year and a half. Okay. Tell me some, tell me two things about your colleague, about her, all right, that are not work related. Something personal about her. Mm -hmm. And it took him about four seconds and they said, oh, she loves coffee. And I, you know, paused for a second. And I said to them, are you kidding me? Really? You've worked with her for a year and a half. 
And this is the most personal thing you know about her? That she loves coffee? And so what I'm getting to, Julian, is, look, our innate needs as humans, innate, it's a need, not a want, is to be socially connected, right? Mm -hmm. To feel hugged, to feel connected, to feel related, mm -hmm. right? Obviously, the big gap is in the corporate world. We are taught, we are programmed, we have been programmed for years to not make friends at the workplace, not share emotions. God forbid, hug somebody at the workplace. So there's a conflict with mm -hmm. our needs and what we're being told not to do. In an interesting way, Julian, today, the pandemic that got us to be online, got us to be more intimate. You're now in my house, basically, in my you know, workplace. Yeah. I'm you know, looking at your house. By default, we are on more intimate. So use that, leaders. Use that yeah. and, and ask, not only ask your teams, but have them ask each other. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little spoiler. Uh, I have a blog. I don't know if you if you got a chance to read my blog. It's called Two Weeks Notice: A, a Touch of Emotional Relevance Every Couple of Weeks. And tomorrow there's one coming out. And the title for the one tomorrow, for those of you who are listening live, it's a bit of a spoiler, but uh, probably it's going to come out the, the the podcast after. So the the title for tomorrow is No, really, how are you? You know, we have been programmed to start a call. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. And we just move on. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Right? No, really. We, we have that stock answer, don't we? Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like it's like a, a prelude to moving on, isn't it? And it's, Exactly. Exactly. Nobody, no, nobody's really okay. interested in, in each other because they're just like, it's what you say. It's almost like a start of conversation. How are you, Alan? Yeah, right. Okay, let's get on. But hang on a second, Julian, because it's okay, because it's a greeting. It's okay. I don't expect you. But what I'm telling leaders these days is, let's say we had a team meeting with 10 people and you, every meeting, select one of your team members and say, hey, could you stick around for a second after the meeting is done? Mm. Now you're staying one-on-one -on -one with them. Okay. Then here's a little technique. Uh, I do a sessions. I do sometimes sessions about the feeling of togetherness in the online world, in the virtual world. Believe it or not, it's possible. Like I made you feel, uh, it's possible. Here's a little trick, something little that you can use that helps a lot. You And it's not just a one-on-one. -on -one. You can do it with uh, larger teams, but you stay one-on-one -on -one with them. And then you say to them, hang on a second, let me lock that session so nobody can interrupt us. You know, on Zoom, you can actually lock the yep. session so nobody can interrupt just by saying that, you made them feel special. You made yeah. the a little environment feel a little special. Mm. Just by saying that, already you are uh, probing some emotional reaction. And then you say to them, hey, how are you? And it, their initial reaction is going to be, oh, I'm good. Yeah. Because we're programmed to just respond. Mm. But then if you pause for a second and say, no, really, how are you? Just like how I said it right now, Julian, your tendency is to now go more personal because you understand my meaning is a little bit more personal. Yesterday, I had a call with a colleague, a friend, and uh, I said, hey, how are you? How are you doing? And he started telling me about work, and I, and I stopped him after a minute. I said, no, 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 my friend. I'm not going to mention names, but I said, my friend, 
could you please tell me how are you? How's your daughter? How's your wife? How is life? You just, you just moved to, uh, from New York to Miami. It doesn't matter. How are you? So he took a deep breath. <sighs> you know what? I'm glad you asked. And usually that's the emotional thing. So this is a great little tip for leaders uh, these days, right? Take advantage of, of this scenario, of the fact that we're supposedly apart from one another mm. and get more genuine, get more personal. Remember I told you the third uh, pillar of emotional nervousness is get personal, which is the more, most challenging one because people, like I said, um, Julian, I read a research last week. Apparently the U.S., and I am in the U.S., is one of the most touch-phobic societies in the world. Really? Yes, sir. Now, the impact of it on the culture, depressions, rates of depression, uh, suicide rates, violence in the society, mm. okay? But it gets us to behave in a certain way, not just personal space, but really how, you know, the guidelines. But mm. again, it goes against our willingness. And so once you probe that, people will, wow, thank you for asking. And then they will open up and you can reciprocate like I just did with you, with my daughter. I was going to say that that to me is... As a leader, if you're asking somebody how are they and they get personal, um, to create that, I guess, or, or even lead by a safe environment is then to create almost share yourself and to lead by example, isn't it? Because obviously, if you're just asking just to get personal in the sense of uh, creating a personal connection, but you've, you've already led it by said, I'm sharing this, I'm sharing that, actually starts to create a more psychologically safe environment, the leader's stepping out here therefore i feel comfortable to be sharing because it's i guess in some ways as a leader we set the tempo don't we in terms of how personal we get or not you know so you touched an amazing thing and i'll tell you a couple of things one if you lead the way with sharing i used to do my weekly uh when i managed sales teams i used to do a weekly call and at the end of each call okay at the end of each call each will go around and each one will have to share something personal that is not work-related. Really? <laughs> yeah. Everyone. It used, to, it used to take 10 to 15 minutes, but everyone would share. And I got to tell you, the impact of it uh, was, uh, was amazing. The other thing, that's if you're leading it. The other thing, though, is when I ask you about your daughter, I was fishing also for something that I can reciprocate to close that loop, to make that connection. Sure. It's proven scientifically and psychologically that if I don't reciprocate and share something, right, then you'll still get emotional, but you won't have that feeling, that trust level with me that I'm looking for. Okay. So yeah. before I speak to anybody with it, when it's uh, sales related, and this could be another, you know, this is something that I sometimes take for granted, but still apparently people don't do that. Find out about the person you're going to talk to. Mm. Go to their LinkedIn, go to their Facebook, find out where they went to school, what's their hobbies, you know, their family, their, what they love, what they don't love. So find out. There's so much online today that you there can is. find out so you know where to fish. Now, again, going back to your question earlier about is it genuine? Is it just to get the sale done? It's both. If you can do both and the other side benefits from it because you believe in what you're selling, mm -hmm. great. Okay, so this is, 
yes, it's techniques, it's tricks, whatever. But if you genuine, you know, one of my blogs I wrote about something along those lines, and I said, what's the worst thing that could happen? That you'll make a new friend. So what? <laughs> yes. No, no, you're right. And, and, and it's building that uh, relationship. And I think we we forget that we go into this business world or corporate world or any type of sort of more official professional section of our lives. And we forget, I don't know why, that we're people, we're sociable, we like talking about each other, we like talking about ourselves. We're actually genuinely mostly interested in each other. That's how it tends to be. People quite like stories about what they're doing the weekend and then there's elements of styles and everything else clearly um going back to the whole um the selling bit and and, and people feeling that i know i was speaking to somebody how and again there's some sort of science behind this where if i'm trying to just convince you about my coaching program all i'm interested in is getting a sale yeah if that's my purpose you will ultimately, your subconscious will feel that. But if I go and take that purpose in that conversation higher and go, I want to help Alan be more transformational, uh, break some mindsets, as in take a bigger purpose, you'll feel that and not the money piece or the sort of transactional piece. And I guess in some ways bringing in that personal side which i really agree with you in building that rapport and getting engaging genuine conversation but if your purpose is higher that'll also be felt and that's where you end up with that real authenticness of this guy wants to help me and rather than trying to sell me his coaching program you know what i mean so yeah and you touched the essence of what i do which is the feeling right on my website i wrote you know how sometimes you meet somebody and you just feel some yeah. energy connection with them. This is where I play, right? Yeah. This is my uh, this is where my uh, my playing ground. This this element of feeling, right? Because we are programmed to remember feelings and emotions mm. long, long time. Now, mind you, it's it's not easy because you got to do these cycles of emotional anchoring and triggering those emotions again and again and again, and you got to take notes and you got to remember and bring it back and yeah. etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But it works. Totally, it, it works, and you just said it yourself. We feel it. I don't need you to be able to explain it. That's okay. I'll just work with you on how to do it, <laughs> right? Yeah. We're, again, we've been programmed for years not to play in that field. Mm. So fine, you tippy-toe around it at first, but and I have been doing it for a while, so I get away with a lot of things that people at first, but quietly, quietly, and I've done a, a survey with uh, quite a few people mm. that, you know, if there are people in the room and I ask somebody something a little personal, mm. they feel a little awkward and they will answer because it's polite to answer, but they felt a little awkward, but... Then when you ask them separately after the meeting, all of them are 100% said, well, I actually, I actually like that question. And I actually love the fact that you showed interest in yes. it personally. No, but there are rules in the, in the boardroom, right? You're not <laughs> supposed to do this. Fine. So I'm just taking all those guidelines and rules and the corporate dance, if you may. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, Alan, how did you sort of, I suppose, get into obviously you've been living this yourself obviously personally 
Um, but how did you sort of start to hone this into something that you do and obviously learn more about and, and sort of focus a bit more on it? How did, how did that happen? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And the first, the first time that I started thinking about it was a few years ago. I was working for a technology company based in Indiana. Um, and I was running the sales team and the account management team. And I went for a meeting with my boss. About three months after I started working there, my boss came with me for the first time and uh, we were in a boardroom with about 12 people, uh, executives, and I was at a two-hour session and, um, and I did my thing and we came out of there and my boss looked at me and he said, look, I was there with you in the room. I felt something. I don't know how you did it. I don't care how you did it. Keep doing it. <laughs> And ever since I, I bothered myself, what is that thing? Yeah. And then I started to be more open because my friends, my colleagues, you know, I would go to a coffee shop or a restaurant and interact with people. I love interacting with people or whether it was business or not business. Alona, how did you do that? How did you make this other person react like that? How did you get away with this? Right. So it's always since then, it's been super interesting for me to research what is that? Um, and then I started writing my blog about two years ago, a little over two years ago. I started writing my blog and I said, here's a scenario. My, my blog is, you know, three to five short minute read. It's a nice story. It's not super intense psychologically, but it's, I started getting people to react to my blog and say, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. <laughs> so slowly, and then about, Less than a year ago, I want to say, I met with a customer in the U.S. And uh, we were at Starbucks. And uh, I went to get her coffee. She was waiting on the side. And I went to get her coffee. And uh, there were, I started doing my thing with the guy around, you know, behind the counter. And another lady behind me. Within about 27 seconds, we were all laughing and sharing <laughs> stories about each other, and et cetera. And I brought the coffee back to the table and I see my customer. She was looking like this, smiling. And she said, you know what you are? I said, no. She goes, you're a people connoisseur. Right? This is where I edited it to my title. Um, so it started, you know, I would say roughly seven years ago uh, when I started researching and looking into it. Mm-hmm. I was lucky in my last job when I managed a sales team, my last corporate job. I was able to try some of these things, mm-hmm. right? And test them uh, and see what works, what doesn't work, tweak it. Um, recently, if I may throw uh, out there, I actually launched a 10-week program for the virtual world. I call Makes it sense. the power of presence without being present. So everything we talked about, mm-hmm. right, all these elements in the virtual world, right? Emotional relevant in the virtual world for salespeople, et cetera. So, Roughly seven years ago, I started. Uh, okay. Yeah. Thank you for asking, by the way. I don't well, think. No, I- no. And it's interesting because uh, seven years ago, when your boss obviously said, you know, something of that, whatever that was at the time, um, were you intentional before then, or, or that made you go, okay, what is this, or what is that? And then start to unpick it and then start to become intentional with it. Because obviously, there's people. We all meet people in, in certain ways who are on who have a natural gravitational to something, and then they realise that 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 has a great impact, and then they hone it, and then they they amplify it by 
be more intentional with it. I guess, was that the case with you as well? Yeah. I, again, thank you for asking. This is where it gets personal and I love it. Um, I wasn't as intentional. I wasn't, but I will tell you something that only about three months ago, I was able to say it out loud because something that happened. I came out of this meeting with my boss that I mentioned, 12 people, and it happened to me before with other meetings where I felt as if there was another me hovering around the room and feeding me with data on each one, what their needs are, their personal needs, mm -hmm. right? What is the attention level they need? And I was embarrassed to share it because I'm thinking if I'm sharing something like that, people are going to think I'm weirdo, right? So no, I wasn't seeing another me. It just felt yeah. that I can, I have like a super ability to go around the room without. And so I, it was all within me three months ago on a online session that I did. Uh, somebody asked me, do you have ADHD? And I said, I, somebody wrote to me, do you have ADHD? I said, yeah, I probably do. Yeah. Never tested officially, but I probably do. My son has it. Uh, it was tested and et cetera. Most likely I have it. And then they shared with me, apparently uh, there is an element of people who have ADHD that have shared that experience on different elements, wow. like superpowers of being able to see other things uh, clear. Call it more sensitive antennas or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's how it kind of evolved for me. And when I started researching and finding out you know, emotional intelligence is in the last three years is booming with research and a mm. lot of information and data, which helped me put things in perspective and tweak it and create, you know, I have the, the three pillars that I mentioned, create my recipe for uh, leaders and, and sales that, because not everybody has that ability and I will, you know, it's okay. We're not everybody has it. So I'm, I'm creating cheat sheets, you know, recipes and, and okay. little things that, that help. Uh, and with that, I mean, you've got this sense of where you've got potentially, a, I don't know, a higher way of, of antennas or picking things up or processing things, whatever you want to call it. How do you help people to obviously not be you because you're you and that's that's fine, but to turn their own antennas on? They may not have as many or whatever, it doesn't matter, but it just almost how do they get to that place where they start picking up more information about people and to help process because in that context where you felt in that room you were moving around as another person was sort of feeding you or you were feeding yourself uh, that gave you insights that gave you that sort of impact um is there anything you could share that would help anybody uh, who's listening to this right now yeah so you know it takes practice uh, it does take practice uh and it starts with little things like how we started this conversation right um, don't be afraid for you to share. When you share, share real, genuine information about yourself and you'll see magic, right? Julian, I know you have three girls. I know the youngest is 12. I know the young, uh, sorry, you have four girls. The young two, the young, uh, the two young ones love triathlon and the youngest one loves running uh, the most. That was just one simple little question, mm. okay? Now, what I teach is, okay, you better take notes. If you're using a CRM, use that in a CRM. 
Now, how do you go about utilizing that next time you talk? Okay. Mm. Hopefully, you learn over time to feel as well. Mm. So one of the things that I work with people, obviously, is to listen. But listen with your emotional ears, if you may. Yeah. Right? Stop for a second. Julian, really, how are you? See, even that awkwardness for a second yeah. got you. I can guarantee you what was going on in your mind. You were <laughs> going to answer. You wanted to answer, right? Instead of, hey, how are you doing today? Good. Excellent. Me too. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> right? it's, it's, like, um, it's like a performance, right? It's like a speaking engagement, which I love doing as well, right? They teach you to pause for a second, count to four. But also you, you, what you did there as well, you, you obviously use, you, you, I could feel your feeling. You were pausing. You looked at me as much as we can in the virtual sense. Um, but you leant forward. You, did, you leant forward into the screen, which created a, a more of a physical body language as well, which is very important, isn't it? And it's that you actually leant in and went, well, how are you lent in? And that's... You, you want me to teach you another quick trick? Go on then. <laughs> I'll, show you, I'll show you something cute. Now, this is for impacting others. There's so many little things in the online virtual world. Are you ready? Hey, Julian. How are you? Go ahead. Turn to me. Go ahead. Turn. Look at me now on the video. All right. Okay. Oh, I'm not way. Yeah. The other way. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Julian. How's your day today? That's been good, thank you. Now, the people who are watching this right now, <laughs> they're seeing us being more intimate, right? Now, yeah, it's, it's weird, right? It's weird for a while, but even those little things, for the sake of the meeting, to get that feeling, right? Yeah. Little things like that. By the way, I can guarantee you, I don't know how many people we have live right now watching, but I can guarantee you that when we did that, people chuckled. <laughs> which means we took them through a small little emotional experience. Yes. Right. They're going to talk about this. Hopefully what we did, they're going to try it probably in their next meeting and yeah. figure it out and see the impact of that team. That's it. We created a ripple effect of emotional experience. Brilliant. I love it. That's brilliant. <laughs> that is amazing. And, and obviously in that virtual world, even more so we need to, to feel it and, to engage with people. Uh, as you say, you're all about the hugging you like to feel. And and I'm sure uh, you do have done lots of hugging up until the COVID-19 has hit. Yeah, but, but you, you're right. I love hugging. I, I'm a big fan of hugging. I, you know, there's a whole science around it. But there's also virtual hugging. And those, it, because it translates to the feeling. It just translates to the feeling of feeling safe, feeling secure, feeling... Yeah. Uh, wanted, right? So those little things, me asking you, really? Tell me, how are you really? Mm. That's a hug. That touches the same hormones, right? Yeah. That you feel good about yourself yeah. when you get hugged. It's the same thing, the same impact. So mm. I'm still hugging. Not physically as much, but I'm still hugging. Fantastic. We got a, we got a response. I'll show you it 
from uh, Andrew. You can see that on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, yeah. So there we go. It works. I'm telling you, it works. Works. Excellent. That's brilliant. Well, it's been a delight to get to know you, Alan. Uh, I, I always wonderfully uh, love these conversations with people that I've never met in my life, and yet uh, I've I've got to know you really well. And uh, your story of how you you do your ma your emotional uh, relevance uh, is fantastic and really impactful. And I love it. You just did almost did a little show and tell right there you weren't just talking about it we were doing it and that's brilliant and and i appreciate your time and so just how can people get in touch with you and connect with you and if you want to know more about what you've just been talking about on this show uh sure alonzeiber.com is my website um so you can find there whatever you want uh my email uh sign up to my uh blog um so, yeah, alonzeiber.com is probably the best way to, to reach out. Brilliant. Well, thank you for coming on, Alan. So appreciated it. Julian, thank you so very much. It's been a pleasure. This whole thing has been one big hug for me, and I mean it all <laughs> Yeah. And good luck with the four girls. Yes. Oh, I know. I know. I need it. No, it's great. Thank you very much. Thank you, Julian.